0: Luke chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 1, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for how the songs have touched our hearts today and have encouraged us. We're thankful most of all for your spirit. Lord, you didn't have to visit with us today, but you did, and we're thankful for that. We are so humbled by the fact that every service we've sent you and feel your presence we know you're everywhere, Lord, but it's just—just uh, sometimes we just feel you nearer than other times, and and that's not—it's uh, not your fault, Lord. It's our fault. We just sometimes there's things in the way that hinder us from getting as close to you as we possibly can. But we're so thankful, Lord, that uh, you're always faithful, and Lord, you're always uh, uh, willing to bless us as much as we are prepared to be blessed. And I pray that you would just bless us over these next few moments. I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for our families. I thank you, Lord, that you have knitted us together. I'm so thankful, Lord, that I get to go to heaven with, with the majority, I hope, all of these that are here today. But if there's someone that isn't ready for heaven, I pray that something that's said tonight, and I pray that your spirit will touch them, that they would come to know Christ for, for your glory and for your because you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, also the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. It's one and the same. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, knees rather, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon and Jesus said unto Simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men and when they had brought their ships to land they forsook all and followed him you've heard so many messages out of this in fact for those of you that mark your Bibles I'll be waiting on you after service to let me know when I preached out of this text last because you have it marked down I am sure but uh, tonight I want to preach on this subject I want to be Almost piggybacking from our pastor this morning, I love how God just, oh, doesn't he just put it all together? I promise you, it's like a magic trick, I'm going to get nothing up my sleeve. If I say anything that uh, is, is directly related to what pastor said this morning, I promise you, we do not talk about what each other's going to preach a Very on rare occasions. Maybe once or twice a year do we do that. But it's for a reason, because we want what God wants. And he has uh, this weekend, I think, ordained just for this church. But I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Are you thankful for the goodness of God? The blessings of God. There was a, a pilot that just had received his license to fly and still nervous over the newness of his new employment, uh, he was flying an air, aircraft and uh, coming into land. The there was clouds and it was a little bit uh, bumpy, and so he was going to have to make an instrument landing. Now, uh, of course, he had practiced this, no doubt, and had had to do this before, but he was still nervous. And sensing the nerves of the pilot, the uh, air traffic controller. Uh, kind of sense that he was nervous about what was going on. And the pilot even said, you know, this is my first time after receiving my license and I'm, I'm kind of still nervous and new to this. And the air traffic controller said this, you don't have to worry about a thing. You keep your eyes on the instruments. You obey my instructions and I will handle the obstructions. You listen to my instructions and I will handle the the obstructions. What was the, what was the air traffic controller telling the pilot? You obey what I have to say because I can see what's going on all around you. I can see what's ahead. I can see what's behind. I can see what's on the ground. You can't see it, but I can't see it. You pay attention to me and I'll handle what's in your way. Aren't you thankful we have a God that we can listen to even though we don't see what's ahead or behind or or, or around us or on the ground? God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and he knows how to guide us. If we just listen to him, he can handle the obstructions of our life. Jesus in in this text, in this story, was teaching Simon Peter a valuable lesson. And here's the lesson. It was on dependency and obedience to God. He was trying to teach him this lesson. And because the uh, this lesson was ultimately going to be the, the, the benchmark in Simon Peter's life to forsake what he was doing and begin to follow Christ. Do you realize that Simon Peter was one of the inner circle, the ones that was probably mentioned more than any other disciple in the word of God. But there had to be a defining moment in his life when he surrendered all and followed Christ. So God used this lesson to teach Simon Peter in his own way a lesson on dependency and obedience. Now listen, now we have to understand this, to get God's best and to get what he wants to give us, we have to have total surrender and total obedience. Do you you agree with that? If we want God's best in our life, he demands total surrender and total obedience. And I think I should have more amens than that. God's goodness often requires unusual steps to get those blessings. And so, but but when he allows those things to happen and he takes us through those unusual steps to get the unusual blessings of God, then those blessings prove once again that his goodness is all that we need to make it. Amen, that's okay, that's fine. That girl's fast. Sign her up for the Olympics. I'm telling you. I was watching the rodeo today. You guys need to learn how to do that lassoing thing and bring them back in. She's a sweetheart. God bless you, parents, for bringing your kids to church. Amen. 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 Where was I at? Anyway, God's... (laughs) In this passage of Scripture, there was actually two acts of obedience that, Peter, that Simon Peter had to follow. First of all, it was, there was a selfless act that actually gave him no benefits at all. That was found in verses 2 and 3. Saw, he, Jesus saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. Verse three, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He would requested, Here's the first act, a selfless act. He requested from Simon Peter, can I use your boat for a pulpit out in the middle of this lake? So Simon selflessly gave him his boat he was. He allowed him, not allowed him, but he thrust him out into the land. And what it did in, in, in that, if you can picture this. It made a natural amphitheater, so to speak. People wonder how in the world did Jesus Christ, can all those people hear him at one time? God God isn't stupid. He knew what he would do when he created where Jesus was at. All those areas around there, from what I hear from people that have visited those areas and from what I've researched, they create natural amphitheaters. So when Jesus was out on that Sea of Galilee and began to talk, the sound waves and the waves from the ocean propelled his voice. But may I remind you, nobody, ever spake like Jesus spake. Amen. He, Jesus can be speaking in a crowd of five thousand people, but you can hear him as clear as everybody else because nobody speaks like Jesus speaks. Well, that's a whole lesson in itself. But that was the first act of obedience. Now, the second act was was a was an act of obedience, and it was an action that was doomed to fail unless God got in the middle of it. Now, now listen. The first act was selfless, but the second act was an act of total surrender that would allow a net breaking miracle in Peter's life. Now listen to this. There's a thin line. See, if the world would look at this in, in this situation, and if people would read this just on the surface, they would think that what Simon Peter's about ready to do was crazy. And no doubt the people there around him that day thought that what he was doing in the middle of the day, fishing out in the deep, was probably foolish. There's a thin line between doing foolish things and things by faith. And here's the line. Foolish things is doing crazy things when it's your idea. But faith is doing crazy things when God ordains it. And when he ordains it, even though it's crazy, guess what? It brings him glory and it brings him worthiness. Amen. And so here he is. He's, he's doing these crazy things and, and, and God... God Jesus asked him to launch out into the deep. And you all know the story. And We have to think about this though. When it comes to things of faith and when it comes to uh, getting the goodness of God, sometimes God asks us to do crazy things in order to receive supernatural things. Do you know that to get up with God, you gotta get down? <laughs> in order to receive, you gotta give. <laughs> if you wanna be exalted, you gotta be abased. If you wanna save your life, you gotta lose it. If you wanna get back at your enemies, you gotta love them, pray for them that despitefully use you. If you wanna be great in the kingdom of God, you gotta be a servant to all. Sometimes God, what he asks us to do is flip flop, but I guarantee if you do it, some may call it foolish, other people think you're crazy, but if it's by faith, bless God, get ready to break the nets. Amen. And so we know the story. You've heard it many, many times. Jesus preaching. And then Simon and the others are washing their nets. He says, I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great draught." Simon in verse five says this reluctantly. Master, we've told all night, have taken nothing. I looked up that word nothing in the, in the original text guess what it means nothing yeah you're right that's deep in it taking nothing but then he says nevertheless at thy word i will let down the net we'll come back to that later the whole key to this miracle was that small word nevertheless a conjunction that if you take it out That whole text, this whole story has a total different meaning. Even though he was reluctant and even though he may not have thought it was the best situation for fishing at that time, he said, nevertheless, (laughs) at thy word, I will be obedient and I will surrender to what you're telling me to do. I know what God asks you to do sometimes is crazy, and I know it seems foolish, but instead of looking at the circumstance, instead of looking at what he's asking us to do, why don't we just say, nevertheless, Lord, I know I'm reluctant, I know I may be a little doubtful on my human side, but reluctantly, Lord, I wanna say, nevertheless, at your word, I will do what you say to do. Has he ever once failed you? Have he ever once lied to you? No, God's not a man that he should lie, If he tells you to do it, just say, Lord, I don't understand it. Nevertheless, I'm going to do it anyway. Amen. Amen. And Peter, Simon Peter experienced the goodness of God. Now, I want you to notice four things about the goodness of God and about the blessings of God, all from this text. Number one, we see God's goodness, and he gives us his goodness out of bounds out of bounds and let me explain to you you said what, what do you mean out of bounds he says in verse 4 now when he left speaking he said unto simon launch out into the deep launch out unto the deep now the sea of galilee lake of genesis sea of tiberias it's about a seven mile long lake and the waters are fed by the jordan river There are snow-capped mountains that come down and feed that. It's rich in minerals. So what happens is the fish, the fish will go up shallow at night and feed off those minerals. And so that's why it's a great fishing spot and a great fishing lake because the fish will go up shallow to eat those minerals at night. That's why the fishermen fish at night and that's why they fish shallow. But Jesus said, in the middle of the day, launch out into the deep. (laughs) And he said, let down your nets. Now listen, Peter, normally, at night, Peter fishing shallow, he was in the right spot. But he still had an empty net, right? Right? He was in the right spot for fishing, but he still had an empty net. What is this trying to tell us? Sometimes God wants us. <laughs> what did he say this morning? He wants us to get out of the normal routine. (laughs) Because every day, every night rather, all Simon Peter would do, he'd get his net, he'd go out shallow, and he'd bring in fish. But on this night, when he fished and pulled in the net, there was an empty net. He was in the right spot when he did it every single day. Every single day, he'd do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It yielded results, but tonight, it was an empty net. Sometimes, folks, God says the Normal's not gonna get it done. Routine's not gonna get it done. It's time for you to launch out into the deep and I'm gonna show you something you've never seen before. See what I mean? God knows how to put it all together, don't he? Amen. The routine. Why? Because God is sovereign over where he chooses to bless us. Right? He wanted Simon Peter to know to know this, I'm taking you away from the normal and the comfortable, but I'm going to show you my goodness in unexpected places. It's <laughs> if I, I'm telling you, I promise I didn't, I didn't get with him today. But I promise you, God wants to bless us in the most uncommon of places if we just simply understand He is sovereign over where He chooses to bless us. Aren't you thankful tonight? If we're just obedient to Him, it may look crazy, but Lord, we've never fished there before. I don't care where you, I don't care what you've done before, what you've done before ain't working today. Hallelujah! But I want to show you where you can go to get a net-breaking miracle. Amen amen we experience the goodness of god out of bounds but secondly notice this we experience the goodness of god and the blessings of god off schedule off schedule this was during the heat of the day they fished at night why because the best fishing is always at night fishermen some, somebody say amen thank you the best fishing's always at night but during the day He said, listen, now's the time to go fishing. Peter, Simon Peter was already on the shore. He was already washing his nets. It didn't mean he was gonna stop fishing. He was just washing his nets because he had a bad night. And Ryan, he was gonna pick it up tomorrow night and do it again. So what's the difference in just a few hours? Jesus could have said, you know what? Let's not worry about right now, but here in a few hours, I'm gonna... Cause these fish to get in your net. No, he said, Simon Peter, I'm going to do something out of the ordinary. I'm going to do it out of bounds. And I'm going to do it off schedule. Normally, you're going to catch them at midnight. Today, you're catching them at two in the afternoon. Amen. Why? Because not only is he sovereign over where he blesses us, but he's sovereign over when he blesses us. <laughs> Amen. He says, Go. Now, don't you, don't you understand, and I know you know this, God is not held down, and Jesus is not held down. His goodness is not held down by time or by schedule. It's not too early or too late for the goodness of God. Yes. Amen. When his goodness shows up, it's always on time. Amen, amen. I know some of you in here have, have, have uh, this is a illustration I'm gonna try to explain to you, and hopefully you will we'll get something out of it, But I was thinking about this today as far as scheduling. But some of you some of you young men, young ladies in here have played soccer before. I watch soccer about once every four years and that's when the World Cup Finals and I watch it for about two minutes because it don't interest me very, very much. I just see a lot of guys running around getting hot and sweaty and, and they're trying to kick a ball into a net. But anyway, that's the... I used to make fun of them in high school but I tried it one time and I, I don't make fun of them anymore. But anyway... Soccer is an unusual sport because there's a running clock. It starts. At, it's, there's two halves, but starts. At, it's 90 minutes total, but the clock never stops. Set at halftime and at the end of the game, they start it, and it, instead it counts down. Actually, counts up rather. It Counts up. So the clock is score score clock's always running, but technically that's not the official time. The official time is kept by an official on the field. And so if something happens during the game, an injury or something, the official will look at his watch and he'll stop the time. Now the score clock's still running, but the official down on the field knows exactly what time it is. Catch what I'm about ready to say. The clock's still running, but he knows how much time is actually stopped. And at the end of the 90 minutes or at the end of the half, they'll add what they call stoppage time. So however much time has been delayed in the middle of the game, they will put it at the end of the game. And that's called stoppage time. So what I'm trying to say is the clock is always running in your life. But there's somebody that always knows when to stop your clock even though your clock is still running. He knows how much time to give you and he knows when to bless you. Thank God, oh, don't you glad that when he decides to bless you, when he does it, you know it had to be God. How many of you have ever experienced the goodness of God when you thought it was over, when you thought I ain't financially able to take care of this bill, when you thought I'm I'm so sick I'm not gonna make it, but then all of a sudden, when you thought it was too late, God showed up with his goodness and you can praise God tonight, why? Because he's sovereign over when he chooses to bless us. Amen. Amen. Well we don't understand it was daytime for Peter, but it was nighttime for the fish. <laughs> God, <laughs> the goodness of God knows what time it is, folks. <laughs> you may not know what time it is, but the goodness of God and the blessings of God know what time it is. Amen, it may be noon, it may be midnight, but when God chooses to bless you, he's gonna pour it out on you. Amen. Hallelujah. He blesses us and his goodness is found off schedule and out of bounds. Also, his goodness is over our expectation, over our expectation. Look at what he said in verse five. Y'all know you all know this, you've seen it before. We've, our pastor's preached on before. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering said, Master, we've told all the night and have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net. So there you go, Jesus said, take your nets Peter said, I'll take a net. I'm sure you've noticed that before. Jesus said, take more than one. He said, I'll let down the net. But irregardless of Peter's reluctancy, he followed the word of God. God chose to bless him because God is sovereign over where he blesses us. He's sovereign over when? He blesses us and he's sovereign over what or how much he blesses us. <laughs> Peter should have brought more nets. <laughs> he only, according to this, he only brought one singular net, but God gave him something that he couldn't contain. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is if you prepare for a net, Sometimes God will give you more than you are expecting and you should have prepared for more blessing. I try to tell people, if you tithe, you better prepare for God to bless you. If you do what he says to do, you better prepare for a blessing. I'm telling you, folks, we do not do a good job at preparing for the blessings of God. I understand the song and I know what it means and we sing it here so often and I'm not trying to make fun of the song, but we sing, fill my cup, Lord. I, I, you know, you know, but I don't want him to fill my cup. I'm to bring a five gallon bucket. Yeah. He can fill my, I, I understand the principle. I understand the principle of the song, But listen, if we're satisfied with a cup, sometimes that's all he's gonna give us. But sometimes, folks, we need to prepare for the blessings of God. If you bring a net, sometimes that's all he's gonna bless you with. But if we me more than one, he can fill that up too. I'm telling you, he's the God of more than enough. Hallelujah. He can bless us and the goodness of God comes over our expectation. But finally notice he can bless us and the goodness of God comes outside of our capacity. And when they had done this, verse six, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now look at this. And they beckoned unto their partners, we know who their partners were because of what it says in verse 10, James and John. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. God is sovereign over where he blesses, when he blesses, what he blesses you with, and who he blesses. Think about this. James and John got to experience the goodness of God and they didn't have to do one thing. You say, Brian, how did they get the blessings of God? Because of Peter's obedience. Simon Peter's obedience was the key for James and John To get a blessing. Okay, so that, you must have all known that then? Okay, so I'm the only one that really didn't catch on to that. Do you understand how your obedience is the key for someone else to get blessed? I'm not talking about a splash over. We all get those. Me and Ray get those more than anybody because we're up here looking at you all. And we see you all get blessed and we get blessed from seeing you all get blessed. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the supernatural goodness of God. Do you understand that because if we are selfless, if we are obedient and if we are dependent on what God is asking us to do, you may be the key for someone else to get a supernatural blessing of God. The only reason James and John got a blessing is because they were partnered up with Simon Peter. That tells you, young people, middle-aged, and senior saints alike, you better watch out who you partner up with. If the people you partner up with, if you don't get a blessing from being around them, it's time to get other partners. Young man, young lady, if the one you're with is always demeaning, talking down to you, or they forbid you or don't want to come to church with you, it's time to get another partner. I thought more parents would help me out right there. Okay, maybe I'm the only one. We got to watch who we're partnering with. I could say a lot more, but I won't. We got to watch. Because if the people that we are partnering with do not don't bring blessings of God to us, they may not be the type of people you want to be hanging out with. This is good preaching. Some of y'all didn't get a nap this afternoon. James and John got a net, got their boats filled. Their boat almost sank. They got to experience a blessing from God because God is sovereign over who he chooses to bless. Because one person was obedient. And look at what it said. And when they, who's they? Verse, verse 11, when they, Simon, Peter, James, John, Andrew's in there probably somewhere. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. It didn't say when Simon Peter came to land and locked, you know, no, it said when they, every one of them, listen now, Peter, James, John, Andrew, they chose to follow Christ because one person named Simon Peter chose to obey what God told him to do. Your obedience may be key for someone following Christ. That's why I don't care how crazy it is. I don't care if he tells you to go out in 90 degree heat in the middle of the day and let down your net. You understand how hard it is for fishermen to fish deep with nets? It's difficult. It's difficult at night, let alone during the day in the deep. Nets aren't supposed to go that deep. But Jesus said, do it anyway. And I know I know sometimes it may seem crazy and difficult. How do I talk to this person? How do I invite them to church? How do I talk to them about Jesus Christ? Do it anyway. Amen. You'd be surprised at what your obedience may just be the key for them coming to Christ. Amen. A lot of you know, I gotta I got hurry. Um, I'll close with this. A lot of you know my, my testimony. I'm not going to go into all that. But when I tell my testimony, I always tell you who was preaching that night. Most you can probably tell me if I, if I ask you who it was. It was my Uncle Gary. My Uncle Gary was preaching. Uncle Gary, I love him to death. But my Uncle Gary did not get to where he was without being obedient to what God had called him to do. Years ago... When my Uncle Gary was out in sin, it's hard for me to even imagine my Uncle Gary not being with the Lord. As good as my grandpa and grandma was, it still didn't take away the fact that he started to have a personal relationship with God. But God, he, he was under conviction so bad. He was in his teenage years and he was under conviction so bad. And every day, his, one of his chores was to go out and, and, and milk the cows. And one day, he was out milking the cows, and he was under conviction, and he was just mad at the world. And he was milking the milk cow, and something happened, and the milk cow kicked him. And he got mad and hauled off and and hit it, and said some things that I can't repeat. And he got mad at the cow. And it wasn't the cow's fault, he was just under conviction. And so here he goes. He's mad at the world. He knows he needs to get saved. He needs to get his heart right with God under conviction. And he tells a story how he came to church one night and he was so under conviction, so bad. And he finally surrendered to what God was asking him to do and he gave his life over to God. And the burden and the weight was lifted. He said, I felt so much joy and so much peace. He said, In fact, Brian, here's what I did. He said, When I got home, I went out to the barn. And I got in front of that old cow, (laughs) and I got in its face. And I was just crying and hugging on and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit you. I didn't mean to curse at you. But he said, I was under conviction and now I'm a new man He cried, (laughs) Testified to the, hey, I'm telling you, it'll make you do crazy things. But if he wasn't obedient to what God asked him to do and to give his heart to Christ, a few years later, God called him to preach and he's preaching the word. Thank God he would have never been in a pulpit on September the 6th, 1981, when I came down and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what, folks, your obedience could be the key for somebody else to get a net breaking miracle. Just do it. Because the goodness of God, God is sovereign over where, over when, over what, and over who. And guess what? He wants to bless you. And He wants you to experience His goodness. But most of all, you've got to be obedient to what he says. What's, what's the invitation to everybody? Come. Come. If you don't know him, I beg you tonight, just come. We'll figure it all out up here. But I promise you, if you just come, you'll experience something you've never experienced before. I know it's crazy, but just come. I know you've never done it before, but just come. Just come. I promise you, a miracle is waiting for you.